everyone and welcome down to episode number 44 of the Down South Photo Show we with me, <laughs> with me, Brendan Waits and the guy over there who I've just caught napping because he didn't think we we're going to start like that, no. but we have. We have. We're Cameron, on, we're on. <laughs> Cameron Blake, welcome back to the show, Cam. Thank you. Come back with a thud. I thought you were going to give me a bit of a warning then. You just, you know, just started talking. I'm like, okay, we're on. We're going, we're going off the cuff tonight. Things it's have changed. Up. I go away from one week and uh, the whole format's changed. I know. Thanks to everyone who um, commented that I did an okay job while Cam was away. Uh, More than okay. More than okay. It wasn't that easy. I mean, it's hard just to be sit here and talk to a camera. It yeah. actually felt a bit weird. But um, now I've yeah. got my old sparring partner back, so it's good. I watched it. I listened to it. And uh, I must admit, the first first five minutes, I'm like, oh, he's not enjoying going on his own here. He's uh, <laughs> He's got no one to bounce off, no nothing. But no. Uh, you pulled it together, and it was no. a strong show. I got a rhythm going for the 23-minute episode, whatever it was. It was yeah. a shorty. You did well. Um, and everyone thought you did a great job. So Good. that's okay. Right. So that's the main I'll, thing. I'll apologize up front. I'm a little bit croaky. I don't have COVID. I haven't had COVID, but I've had a bit of a, I know, a bit of a funny coffee thing going on while I've been away. So I've been coughing over my guests and they've been coughing over me. And yeah, it's been one big fun trip. Lovely. You could have told me that before you came to see me two days ago in Ocean Grove, but that's fine. Yeah. Did I cough on you? I think I coughed on you as well. So Cam and I uh, had a wee little get together yeah, um, we did. Uh, over lunch. Was it yesterday? What that? It feels it, it feels like yesterday, but it was the day yeah, before. But it's not. It was the day. It was, before, it was Monday. Right. Yeah, we were recording right. this on Wednesday, Monday. Great okay. So it was, and yeah. uh, it was great. Great to see you. And yes. um, before we came on air just now, I said it feels a lot more comfortable being on a screen rather than in the same room. Yeah. The same room now is awkward. No, so this is what COVID has done. We've ruined our own friendship. I think we can't ever be in the same room anymore. <laughs> From now right. on, we just have to talk over the over the uh, Zoom or over the video. How the hell are we going to do a six-day hike together? I have no idea. Anyway, oh, I can just I can just record messages and just send them. To, oh no, I can't because there's no reception out there. <laughs> no, that's right. So no, we had to talk about that, didn't we? We had to talk about the walk coming up, and I am very, very much looking for. I'm, I'm looking forward to a couple of aspects of it. One is the um, getting to be in a new area that I haven't been to before, and I always love doing that. Going yep. somewhere new, taking photos, maybe whatever. That, that'll be a nice byproduct of this walk. But I think the main thing I'm looking forward to is actually getting fit to do it. Right. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, this 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 little guy needs to uh, drop a few. Well, it's funny, it's, funny you bring up, <laughs> it's funny you bring up fitness because fitness isn't one thing that usually goes hand in hand with landscape photography, does it? It, it sort of should. Um, of course but it's it one, it's, it's a question I get a lot from people inquiring about trips. Is like, what fitness level do I need to be? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> base fitness if you can walk up some stairs you'll be fine that's right um but i sometimes over underestimate under and overestimate that sometimes where you sort of say to people oh no it's pretty easy straightforward and then you think oh hang on day two we are actually climbing up a hill yeah uh yeah so <clears throat> yeah but fitness is definitely will make your trip more enjoyable if you've got a bit fit a bit of fitness below you then uh it'll become a more enjoyable trip i thought right. i thought number two was going to be hanging out with me for a week but clearly that's not on the list of things that you want to get done but that's that's a it's a given camera oh that's a given to, doesn't have to, that just doesn't have to make a list right okay, that's, okay. That's a it sounds camera. nice when it's on the list but you know okay fine so um I'll, I'll, I'll add it to the list next time but mm. um i don't know how many days before we start on it it's about 200 days away i would i would imagine mm, let's have a look i reckon yeah, yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a while yeah no still we're still um, quite a while away from it so the countdown is on folks um, where are we going april 
I don't know, you, you're you running the show. Um, I think it's the week after Easter in April, April 2023, April, which is April, just the weirdest April, thing to say. Let's say April 18, doesn't it? April 17? 16. 16. 299 days. Oh, what? Yeah. Got forever. You got, oh, three, you got have another beer. Surely you can get ready by 300 days. <laughs> um, actually, it's actually more than that. It's a bit... Uh, it is... Uh, it's 300, uh, 297 days. Okay. All right. Well, so there you go, folks. We've yep. got 297 days to prepare. Now, you're doing an overland track before we do we do ours. Isn't that right? Yeah, I'm doing one. Oh, I think I'm doing one. I'm doing one in September. Yeah. And then I think I'm doing one sometime before that as well. All right. So, you've so I'll be track fit. I don't need to train. You will be. You'll be able to do that thing blindfolded. I, could, I, can, I can almost tell you meter for meter on that track what you'll see. Well, um, no spoilers. No, I won't spoil you. <clears throat> um, I won't tell you about all the good stuff. We're going to start with my background because your background's got more of a story than my background. Sure. Um, go for it. There you go, Mel. Look, I'm ducking out of the way. Who's, Mel? who's, his, who's his Mel guy you keep raising? Why don't you just leave? There you go. There, there you go. There's my background. That looks good. That's, um, that's, that's a classic. Apostles. Classic. That's a classic, classic coastal shot, isn't it? Um, especially down that neck of the woods. Whenever yeah. I go down there, it's always like really horrible uh, weather. <laughs> That's, isn't that good though? Like, I'd rather really bad weather than just perfectly blue skies. I reckon I've only I reckon I've only ever been to the summer apostles on a good day once. Yeah, and I've been there quite a few times, but it seems to be it's just that neck of the woods, isn't it? That's that rugged. Yeah. The southern coastline of Victoria, which is what, the weather, there. the weather we reject, you accept. But and ironically enough, if we didn't get that weather down there, we wouldn't have the summer. You wouldn't have. That's wouldn't. right. You wouldn't have so, it. No. I must admit, yeah. the only time I've been there when it's been a nice day was when one of them fell down. We missed it by about three minutes. Yeah. So I remember you calling me when mm. or texting me. No, you must have called. It was probably before text messaging. Yeah. And you said, "Holy crap, we just missed the yeah. thing falling over." <laughs> yeah. Um, it wasn't one of these ones beside me. I think. Oh, maybe it was that one. Uh, no. It was the one that's closest to the platform. No, no, no. This is after. This is well after that. Yeah. Yeah. Is, I think when did it, it was like two thousand and seven. A long time ago. Yes, back when we were kids. Your mm. background uh, looks very, very South Australia. It does look very South. I'm going to get the way from Mel. No, there you go. You, oh, hang on. Oh, you just hey. <laughs> I don't know why my head just is there. Um, yeah, so this is uh, this is the Wilpena Pound. So this is the big basin, or whatever you want to call it, um, the geological basin that's caused over millions and millions of years and movements of seabeds and all these different amazing things that have happened over the millions of years. But it creates this big, looks like a big crater, but it's actually not a crater. It's just a moving of tectonic plates and a few other things. So, but this shot is taken in a light plane. This is our very last morning. We, we left this place about two hours after this shot. Uh, this is 5,000 feet above the Wilpena Pound in a nice little Cessna 208, I think it is. Uh, doors off, uh, two person, two people per plane. Um, it was awesome. We got there right on dawn. The sun was, well, literally took off before the sun came up and they go out and they fly around. They, they sort of put you in the right spot to get that classic shot of the whole pound. So, uh, it was pretty cool, uh, literally and figuratively. It was um, about three degrees on the ground, so it's probably a bit cooler up in the plane. But we had a we had a beautiful flight. Uh, the group that went after my my flight, I didn't realise this until they landed. They came back and apparently their engine stopped halfway down on the way to landing. Um, 
So one of the guys who comes on my workshops, David, a uh, lovely guy, he's been on plenty of my workshops, but he's an ex-pilot. He knows how to fly little planes. And apparently they had to swap fuel tanks on the way down because apparently the, the propeller started spurting, and then I was gliding all nice and quiet with nothing there. Mm. So apparently they had to switch the pretty common thing to do, but apparently they had to switch the tank over. Uh, so thank God I wasn't on that flight because it no, might've been, you can have all that to yourself. Thanks. It, it could have been a sphincter shrinking moment. I think. <laughs> That's right. Yes. No, 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 not for me. Thank you. No. Um, before we get on to uh, our topics, which we're going to talk a bit more about taking photos out of aircraft. Oh. Hmm. Um, we're also going to talk a bit more about Cam's trip to the Flinders Ranges. Yeah. And, uh, but before we get there, we have to mention, of course, our camera giveaway is still on. Is, it, is this um, the last week it's on or will it be one more episode? No, we'll have one more episode. And then in the first week of July, we will announce yeah. a winner on a live show, which we need to sort out. Right, okay. Live, live show it is. Probably on a Sunday night or something. No, we've talked about this. We're going to we, do, we're going to do no, a live. We, didn't. <laughs> well, we, didn't. Okay. we haven't talked no. about anything. We talked about uh, this in episode 42. Mark my words. Go back and listen to it. It's going to have to be July 3rd then. Beautiful. The day, I'm going to, okay, I'll put, I'll put it in my calendar now. Okay. That's Sunday, the 3rd of July. We're going to do a live show and we're going to give away this, which is the Nikon D5100 with the Sigma 10 to 20, which we've banged on about for a couple of episodes now. So we're not going to go too much further into it, except to say uh, if you or, or you know someone who wants to get into landscape photography with a slightly better camera than a phone or a compact camera, then that's probably better than both of those things. So yeah. we need you to um, get onto our social media platform, Facebook or Instagram, uh, and leave a comment and tag someone who might be keen to yeah. pick themselves up a camera and I'll, yeah. and I'll ship it to you and it won't cost you nothing. Can I just confirm that you just said that camera was better than an iPhone? And better than a phone. Oh, not an iPhone. You said not a the phone. phone, a phone. Oh, oh a phone. Okay, <laughs> just... Thought you might have jumped off the iPhone bandwagon. This is, a, this is an unhealthy <laughs> obsession you have with people using iPhones, Cameron. You've got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> We're actually, it's funny, on the, the Flinders Rangers trip, I had my cousin, Daniel. Shout out to Daniel. He's not listening, but he is. Uh, yes, he is. He's an avid he might, listener. He, he might me. now. He might now because he's been on one of my workshops and I employed my cousin um, to be my second driver on this trip. So we had two four-wheel drives and uh, he... He, he shone. He, he did better than I did. I think everyone walked away saying, your cousin's awesome. As for yep. you, Cam, not so good. But yeah. um, but he took a few photos and he got right into it. But he took a lot of shots on his phone and he was getting some great shots, like some of the better shots I've seen out of phone for ages. And the reason being it was a Samsung. They have a really good camera system. They do. Um, it was really good. But he might be tuning in. He's, he's got the buzz now. I think he enjoys the photography. I put him in a plane. He was in the plane as well. And uh, he was having a ripper time. So, well, like we've mentioned, uh, yeah, hi, Daniel. Like we've mentioned quite a few times, it's not what you've got to tell you use it. That's right. So, yeah. um, composition really doesn't change that much no. with the camera that you're holding. No. What, was the, what was the quote you put up on your your page today? You oh, yes. Buy your way into. It was a good one, wasn't it? That's very apt for what we're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, it was. If I can remember, that's how significant it was. I can't remember what I said. No, it was. It was good. I liked it. Um, Sorry to put you on the spot, but it's... no, you're right. I'm going to look it up. It's here somewhere. Uh, skill and photo skill and photography is acquired by practice, not by purchase. Bang. Yeah, that, that can apply to um, almost any art, and also golf. Also golf. Yeah, golf. Yeah, you can buy <laughs> the best equipment, and it doesn't mean you're a good golfer. 
Uh, take that from me, folks. Um, <laughs> First hand experience. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so yeah, so just win yourself a camera, folks, and tag yeah. people and all that kind of stuff. And absolutely, and, I'm looking and, forward uh, to seeing who wins that. Yeah, same. And if Mel wins it, we're pulling another name out of the hat, aren't we? Do you reckon he's going to tag himself? He already has, I think. <laughs> someone's, he, someone's tagged him, or he's tagged someone. He would rather he's, a, he's a Nikon over the Canon gear that he uses now. Well, I'm not going to make any comment about Canon anymore. <laughs> um, so your Flinders Rangers trip. Yes. You, so for those of you playing along at home that don't know, Cam runs workshops. Um, he runs a lot of photography workshops, mm. and he runs workshops in fantastic exotic locations. Uh, mainly around Tasmania, but he's gone to South expanding. Australia and expanding, expanding branching it. out uh, into the wonderful Flinders Ranges. And as I said on the podcast last week, I've never been there. Yeah. So um, one thing I want to point out over your over your left shoulder, um, that section of Wilpena Pound looks very much other side looks very much like Mount William in the Grampians. Yeah, it does. I I, I suspect it's the same creation. Well, it's all part of the same mountain range. So yeah, that's right. It's all that tectonic plate movement and things yeah. squashing up. But yeah, um, yeah, they are. They do have a Grampians feel about them. Mm -hmm. um, and the camp, or you know, where we stay, is right down the bottom. You know, sort of just where are we? The camp, sort of just over the back here. Mm -hmm. So it's all sort of you know a bit like Hall's Gap. It's right down the bottom. Everything's sort of based around it. Um, so yeah, it's a very unique place. But uh, yeah, we had a beautiful time there. We had. Uh, five nights, six days there. We had six people, two cars. Uh, we had spectacular weather. It was just stunning weather the whole time. Almost a bit too good for the middle of the day. Uh, we had one day of a bit of rain and a bit of mist in the morning, which was lovely. But um, it was a great little trip. We did a couple so, of aerial so flights. You, and did you find yourself dealing with um, like quite contrasty conditions? So uh, particularly during the day, which, you know, when yeah. you're running a workshop, it can't always be golden hour, can it? So it can't be always golden hour. But what the benefit that the pound has here is that there's lots of these little uh, slot canyons that run through the middle of the, of, so you see this big round basin here, but out the back, it actually sort of goes like a big tail and it has all these little canyons and valleys that you can go in. So pretty much my thought of how we run this workshop was we get up for sunrise and get the classic sunrise shot. You know, they get the, the rocks all lit up with the open glow and all those kind of things. And same with the afternoon, we get the good afternoon light on the pound and the mountains itself. But in the middle of the day, what I did is I put our group in these slot canyons. So we had a lot of this reflective light. And if anyone watches any of Ben Horn's, our mate Ben Horn's um, YouTube channels when he goes to Utah or, or things like that. Um, Fr what friend he, of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, number one fan. Uh, what, what you'll see, what he's waiting for is that reflective light to come and bounce off the red walls and sort of reflective light, um, the interior of those canyons. We did the same thing. We just we spent our times in the canyons and we got these beautiful old sort of ghost gums and rock formations, a few animals, uh, dried old riverbeds, uh, slate, all these different types of rock formations. So we, we used our time wisely. Um, and then we pop out in the afternoon to come get the good light around the rest of the pound. So it worked pretty well. And the one day we had a bit of cloud that worked well as well. We went to, still went through the canyons, but we had a bit more overcast conditions. So uh, it was a bit more moody and, and things like that. So we were lucky, but uh, that's, that's the sort of general plan of how it works on these tours is we try and get ourselves in the best place we can at the best time. So yeah. clearly, clearly sunrise, sunset 
you know, you want that beautiful mountain and, and colour in the sky. But when you've got some bright conditions, getting in the canyons or in the shade a bit better works, uh, works for photos as well. Yeah. So do you find yourself um, sort of getting to locations and giving yourself plenty of time, like, you know, a couple of hours before yeah. the sunset and that sort of stuff to, to find yeah. the compositions? Yeah, I, th I think something that I, I, I still don't get how it works, but it's I guess if you're enjoying something, time just flies. Yeah. So we're, we're all getting up at, you know, I think sunrise is about seven o'clock. So it was a nice hour. Go back, have some breakfast, have a quick shower and freshen up, then head out for the day. And we'd head out at 10 o'clock. And before you know it, it before you know it, it was three o'clock. Yeah. And, right. um, Sorry, I just had a moth attack. <laughs> I just saw that. <laughs> um, before you know it, it was three o'clock in the afternoon. We're like, oh, right. Okay. Well, let's get to our sunset spot. So um, it's a relatively compact location as well. Like, we didn't have to drive. I think the furthest we drove was about 60 Ks uh, yeah. to get to a location. So you're not driving far, but time really does fly. You can get in one of those canyons and easily spend three or four hours just wandering around taking photos. Yeah. And I would, I would assume that um, doing it in literally winter, like we yesterday we had the, yeah. the winter solstice. That's right. It's yeah. exciting because it's the shortest amount of daylight you get in one yeah, day that's right that, that might, might even make it a bit more challenging for you does it like you, you know you're up against it a bit with yeah it caught, it sunset caught, times it caught me out a couple of times because we go and do this canyon it was like all oh, right we've got to get back for dinner we've got to get back for sunset okay we've got to make up a bit of time here so there was a couple of moments where we had to sort of pull the pin a bit earlier where we were to make our time to come back yeah. um I, a lot of people ask my workshops when they book them, it's like, oh, can we get an itinerary? And I honestly don't have an itinerary. I, I have a, a selection of places that I know we're going to work yeah. and I let the weather dictate where we go. So um, I can say to people, look, we're, we're going to explore the pound and explore as much as we can, but where we're going to be each night, I can't tell you because yeah. it might be, you know, it might be more suitable to be such a place with that sunset with those sort of conditions or it might be better to be somewhere else. Uh, we went to do one sunrise on top of a little hill and it was too windy. So we made it down and went down, ended up doing these paddocks and big gum trees instead. So um, Daniel, who came along, uh, he was obviously in the other car. And I think he had a few people asking him, you know, where are we going now? What's going on now? Where, what, where are we going to be for, for sunset? And he kept saying, oh, don't worry, Cam's going to pull a rabbit out of the hat. He'll pull a rabbit out of the hat and something happened. And believe it or not, I did pull a few rabbits out of the hat where we got really good spots for really good sunsets and sunrises. So right. uh, if anyone's looking to come on a workshop, not just me with anyone, don't be too hell bent on knowing what the itinerary is. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if the instructor's worth their, their, their weight in gold, then they, they probably have a, a whole selection of where they're going to be and play it by year. Or they should play it by year. I think if you try and say, right, we're going to be here night one, night two, night three, you can sort of back yourself into a bit of a corner if one of those don't work. Yeah. So it's good to have options and it's good really with these kind of things. It's a bit of a holiday for people. So I tell people just sit back, relax. We'll put you in the right places at the right time. Um, it may not seem planned or seem organized, but uh, you'll get the shots. And we, we did, we got some really good examples of that every day. Great. Yeah. Awesome. That, that's cool. So um, this time of year, I would imagine it was a bit cooler. So it's probably not a bad time of year to go to a place like the Flinders Ranges, which uh speaking like I would, I would have thought would get stinking hot in summer yeah i think it does get pretty warm so yeah. I'm, I'm running two workshops there a year uh june and september yeah so we're sort of staying on you know winter and then the end, the end of winter early spring so well, we, we had i think at one stage we got to about 20 degrees 
which was lovely. Yeah. And overnight, overnight was cool. The mornings were a bit chilly, but they warmed up pretty quickly. So, yeah. and September will be a bit warmer. I think we'll sort of have high single figure overnight and probably early 20s during the day. Yeah. And it should be uh, pretty good this year for wildflowers, given how much yeah. rain the area is. Yeah, well. absolutely. Well, that's something else we did. Part of this trip, we do a, a couple of aerial shoots. Um, so we do. We actually did a, an amazing flight from Wilpena Pound all the way up to William Creek, and then over Lake Eyre, and then back down to the pound. Uh, it was about six hours in a plane. Um, and that was incredible. But there is water in Lake Eyre, and it's green. There's greenery everywhere. It was quite amazing. surprising. Like I've never really explored much of that outback. Um, it was still uh, rustic and rugged, but um, yeah, they've had a lot of rain, and I think they're expecting floods. There's all these this water moving down the the, the rivulets down through the lakes now. Very awesome. Um, mm. And you were saying when we met a couple of days ago, you said you couldn't you you, you finally worked out just how big <laughs> this country yeah. is. And, it's uh, massive. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we were flying for two hours. We left Wilpena Pound. And two and a half hours up to William Creek, and we're still in South Australia. Right. Mind you, we'd driven five hours from Adelaide to get to Woolpena Pound, <laughs> and then we flew another two and a bit hours. So that's almost seven and a half hours of travel, and you're still in the same state. Yeah. Um, flying over Lake Eyre was incredible. Just as far as the eye could see, it was just Salt Lake Plains the whole way. Yeah. Um, and everywhere you look, like it's funny, you do an aerial flight down in Tassie, and you see the mountains, you can sort of see almost coast to coast. Um, yeah. But you get up there and there's no end, there's no end to it. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say that, like, you know, spending most of your time in Tasmania these days, um, you know, you can't drive in a straight line in Tassie for four hours. No. You're in, no, the, you you're in an ocean. That's right. <laughs> You'll be touching beach to beach. But yeah. Um, but it gave me a real, it gave me a real sense, a bit of a sense of pride as well that, you know, yeah. Australia is an incredible country. Yeah. And really, really unique in, in what it offers. And, um, the fact that you can see so far and fly so far and not get very far uh, was a bit mind blowing to me. So, yeah. Um, although as, as much as big as Australia is and as big as and wide and vast as it is, I still couldn't get away from someone I knew. So I ran. In, I actually ran into someone at William Creek. Yeah. Uh, another another big fan of the podcast, Tom Putt. Uh, I know he doesn't watch because his ego won't fit in the podcast. Good evening, Tom. <laughs> Good evening, Tom. Uh, he was up at William Creek. He he had a couple of workshops he was doing aerials over lake air for a couple of groups and we ran into him at the pub and there was about two people in the pub and he was one of them because of course you did yeah <laughs> so um yeah so That's that was right. that was cool yeah it was, a, awesome. it was an amazing trip it was really good. um yeah no it's it, it's it is it just looks fantastic and it's definitely on my list and it will get ticked off at some point um i want to talk about your experience with shooting out of a plane yeah, um, because we've banged on a fair bit about drone photography, which of course has its similarities, but yes. of course it's a fraction more safer because you've got both feet planted firmly on the ground. Um, would you, off the top of your head, would you give anyone advice when they're trying to shoot images from out of a moving plane? Uh, yeah, well, we, we certainly would offer advice. Um, like I, I haven't done heaps of aerial photography, um, I follow a lot of people too. And you know, I know Tom who does a lot of aerials. There's Mika Boynton up in Bright who's done a lot of aerials. I know uh, there's lots of people that have done aerials. Uh, Danny Watson, um, who just won the runner-up in one of the photography awards in Australia. She does a lot of aerials. But I haven't done heaps. I've done lots of plane trips to get to places, but I haven't done 
specifically heaps of aerial photography. I've done lots of drone photography, but my, my advice was to um, make sure your camera is all ready to go before you get up there. Like that was, that was one thing that we were big on in the group is just ensuring that your camera was set to the right settings before you go. And the way we did it, we set it up at, you know, starting at ISO 400, we put the aperture on around about 5.6. Uh, I, I, I worked on aperture priority because I knew it was bright enough that the shutter speed was going to be fast enough. And then from there, we just adjusted ISO or, or aperture, depending on what sort of shutter speeds we're getting. Uh, we kept polarizer on, polarizers on because we're shooting through windows in the plane in one of the trips. Um, so that made it a bit better for flare and glare. Um, and then it was just a matter of, um, there was one lady on our trip who I think was a bit hesitant to fill a memory card up. I'm like, just fill it up. You know, you're only going to do this flight maybe once. Let's just shoot as much as we can and, and capture as much as we can. So all the sort of tips I was giving people just to look for patterns, look for different uh, features in the landscape, look for different light hitting at different spots, but mainly just shoot as much as you can. You know, don't, don't, it's not film. You know, you don't, don't feel like you can't shoot a couple of hundred shots on a flight. So, and that seemed to work as far as I know, I haven't seen everyone's shots, but as far as I know, everyone came away with good shots. Uh, the one with the doors off, that's a different experience because you've got to deal with, you know, the noise and the wind. And there's obviously that fear factor of going up in a plane that's, uh, you know, you're hanging out of practically. Um, but I think, again, the, the advice there was to focus on what you're doing and, and not to not worry too much about what could or can't go wrong. Um, and up there, I think one, one thing, like I'm not, I'm not a, I wouldn't say I'm the most confident flyer, but I, I'm getting a lot better than I used to be. Uh, but one thing that sort of I play in my head when I'm up there now is that these things can glide. If the engine falls off, they can still glide for a while. <laughs> and there is that much runway space out there. They can land on highways, roads. It's as flat as a tack apart from the ranges. So once I got that in my head, I'm like, well, if something goes wrong, we're going to land somewhere. You know, it might be a bit bumpy, but away you go. But yeah, um, yeah it's definitely a, a good experience and definitely recommend people if you get the chance to to go up over over a place like this in a plane, it offers a different perspective for sure. So, talk to me about focal lengths that you were mm. using from from a height. Like, um, so for yeah. example, the image behind you. What what was that shot with? Uh, so, I used um, I used the twelve to one hundred Olympus lens, which is a twenty four two hundred, and that that worked really really well. Um, this is shot at twenty four mil. Uh, so, the pilot was actually flying with the wings out the way, which is pretty incredible. He's we were on a bit of an angle, not too much of an angle, a bit of an angle he's counteracting with the rudder at the back. So we're sort of flying along sideways with the, the wing out the way. Um, so 24 mil, and then I got into, you know, 200 mil a few times, getting some more patterns on the ground. The shots that we did over Lake Air were more, probably more 100 mil, 150 mil, uh, just to really fill that frame with the pattern. So I would say, yeah, anything, no wider probably than 24, and then anywhere up to 200 mil seemed to be um, okay for what we were doing. I don't know if you go 300 mil, you might start getting some slower shutter speeds yeah. if, you zoom, if you're zooming in that much. So 24 to 200 or 24 to 150 or something like that would be probably what I'd recommend. Yeah, and and you'd battle to change lenses in a plane? like Yeah, you, you, you wouldn't. Um, if you had to, you take two lenses, uh, two bodies. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you definitely wouldn't change it if the doors were off because there's that much wind coming through and the last thing you want to do is either get a heap of dust and stuff on your lens or drop a lens out the door or something like that. So yeah, um, if you've got that that sort of wide to mid telephoto lens, even a 24 to 70 would probably work okay. Yeah. Um, 
But if you've got something a bit longer than that, I think that would just allow you to get in a bit more into the details. Like we said on yeah. the other episode, shooting those landscapes within landscapes a bit more. Uh, so this shot behind me here, I've actually got a shot of these reticular clouds over the cliff here. So I've sort of almost cropped it out of that little section only. And that was at yep. 200 mil. So it really allows you to get right in and, and get right out as well. Yep. So as a, and as a rule of thumb as well, did you keep an eye on your shutter speed? Is there a number you don't want to go under? Yeah, I, try, I tried to stay double what my focal length was. Usually we say try and get close to your focal length, um, but I tried to keep it double my focal length. And what I did before I took off for both flights, I actually took a bit of a test shot on the, on the runway just shooting out to the landscape we we're going to go to and just checked what the light was going to do, knowing that the light was going to get brighter as we went along. And when we took off, I'm like, okay, that, that's, that's, that's reasonable. And it's hand, I can hand hold that, no problems. Um, and I didn't adjust anything on the flight. I just left it on 5.6, ISO 400, and away we went. And I think the lowest my shutter speed got was like 250th of a second or 500th of a second. So it was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And um, of course, yeah. with yeah. Um, the image stabilization system that, your outfit has and that a lot of lenses now carry the uh, image stabilizer can um, be good for, you, know, you can drop it below the normal recommended uh, yeah. shutter speed and still manage to get a pretty shot. I think the one, the critical thing with that though, because I thought about that, I was having these, these are the th thoughts you have on the way up in a plane as you're climbing up to 5,000 feet. The image stabler on, I've got the 12, the 100 and the OM1. So that's almost seven and a half stops combined. But if you're in a moving thing, then the image stabilizer doesn't play as hard as what it would if you're standing still with, with normal thing. So the image stabilizer will really account for your handshake. But if you're in a moving object and you're moving that way, it probably cuts down the 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 um, the significance of that image stabilizer, I reckon, because it can't do as well as it probably would on the ground. Yeah. But I think that's where your shutter speed, just maintaining that shutter speed. Um, nice and high as you can so yeah and look and if you're shooting at the wide angle anyway yeah that's um, right you can get away with a lot more uh, lower shutter speeds because sharpness can be um compensated for because you're nice and wide so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna say something controversial though this you. will probably this will, yeah, this will ruffle a few feathers probably the one tom or something like that or but like i said i haven't done much aerial photography and and one of the reasons why i stopped entering landscape awards many years ago through the AIPP was because landscape photography all of a sudden became aerial photography. And it was all these shots of, you know, beautiful spots like out in the back of Lake Eyre or over ice fields or over ice land or over water or whatever it was. But there was a real flood of, of awards where everything was aerial photography. And at the time, I'm like, they're lovely shots. They look fantastic. They're beautifully edited, beautifully printed. But in the back of my head, I was always saying to myself, I just don't know if it's that challenging to get shots up in a plane of aerial stuff where you're hanging out of a plane, but I never said, I never really said much cause I hadn't done it before, but yeah. this trip, this trip was the first time I actually went over some of these sort of locations where a lot of people go out and shoot aerials. And this is going to be controversial and it's going to make me sound like an absolute twat, but I didn't actually find it that hard to come away with some really breathtaking images of those real abstracty salt lake, you know, outbacky sort of pattern shots, I actually found them quite easy to get because I was just shooting at, like I said, about 200 mil or 150 mil and just shooting down. Like you just find something and, hey, that's a cool pattern. That's a really cool yeah. bit of color. That's a little bit of a funny mountain range. And 
I reckon nine out of 10 shots I took all came back with some really interesting elements within the shot. And then with a little bit of tweaking, a little bit of editing, they came up looking really, really nice. So it sounds like I'm being quite disrespectful for guys who actually want to do a lot of aerial work and, and do well in awards and stuff. But I think I proved to myself that maybe it's not as difficult as maybe I thought it was. Um, so for those guys who are out there doing the aerial shots, again, their work's fantastic. I'm not taking anything away from them. But I found that maybe those uh, images were getting more recognition because they were quite unique to get because people didn't have the money to go up in a plane or do lots of aerial shots as opposed to everyone else on the ground doing normal landscape shots. So I don't know where I was going with that, but I just, <laughs> I just wanted to say that like, I found it actually quite, it was lovely. It was really quite enjoyable to do it. And I understand why people get addicted to it, yeah. but it wasn't, I didn't find it any more difficult than shooting my normal landscape stuff where I think sometimes there's been this perception in the awards scene that aerial shots are really, really quite unique and really quite hard to create. I actually didn't find that. Then I might, I maybe I'm being, maybe I'm just being an asshole. I don't know. No, no, no. I, I, I think, I think I you know, know what I'm saying. I know what you're saying, but I also think I know the point. And the point is yeah. you've, you know, when you're at a place like Lake Air, the amount of beauty and yeah. the amount of color and the amount of texture it's just one after the other it yeah. just keeps coming at you when you're in those places yeah absolutely. so for sure when you're there in the moment it's easy because yeah. um it's all just you know it's coming at you well there you go there's a nice example behind it for yeah. those for those of you listening and not being visual cam's just scrolling through a couple of shots that he yeah that he and look this, this isn't this isn't me showing off that i think this is great but this is an example of how just a yeah. little bit of tweaking yeah. with color temperatures and, and patterns can make something look really quite unique. Yeah, no, and but my point was going to be when you're there, sure, mate, you still got to get there. You still got to That's like right. it's 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 a hard ask to yeah. get yourself to a place like Lake Air, to yeah. even the Flinders Ranges, you know. Um, to get to put yourself in those positions to be able to capture those shots, to have the right weather, yep. to not have a crappy day, to have decent, yep. like you know, calm enough day where you, you're basically, you know, you you've got your settings right, you've taken a few shots, you're good to yep. go, and now it's coming to you. Now yep. that's that is a unique uh, thing with landscape photography. You got you know, most of the time you got to go out, you got to bust your butt to go out yep. and get this stuff. When you're in a plane and it's all laid out in front of you and it's basically yeah. let's go there, let's go there, let's go there. That's yeah. to me, that's the easy side. Well, it was like it really is like photography. It's like shooting fish in a barrel after you get it. Like I said, Absolutely. once you get there. Yeah. But I think what happened is, and again, I I I do struggle in my life not to come across as being sound like an a-hole sometimes, but I'm not really trying to do that in this one. But, but, I but think, deep down, those those who know you well. <laughs> We'll know that I'm an asshole. Thank you. Um, but I think what's happened, you know, again, going back to the awards and stuff that people used to enter, there was a period of time where aerials were few and far between, but really unique. And it was almost like the judges went, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this. This is yeah, incredible. That's right. Where is this? What is this? Who, who took this? And it, it just sort of propelled everyone's, you know, outcome of taking aerials to another level. And then the whole, as per normal, everyone followed that trend and we yeah. got flooded with aerials and aerials and aerials. And I, I used to just quit. I'm like, there's no point even trying to win any awards or get any sort of recognition when you're up against aerials. I can't afford to go up in a plane. I don't go out to these places. And it was the same, you know, rinse and repeat year after year. It was the same type of thing winning. 
Um, but what, what I think I'm trying to say is for those people that haven't done any aerials or haven't been up in a plane or haven't done anything such as that, don't try and think it's completely different to normal landscape photography. It's very, very similar. And once you see that, like you said, like Brendan said, once all your settings are done and you're up in a plane, it really is like shooting fish in a barrel. You, you can see patterns as far as the eye can see. Yeah. So, you know, don't be discouraged if you're not getting aerial shots because you know, I think you can still get some interest. And that's where the drones come into the, you know, making it a bit more affordable for people to get those type of effects. So, and I've said this before, the, the biggest change for me, I think, in photography has been acquiring a drone. Yeah. And, yeah. and the reason being is that I can now put a camera wherever the hell I want to put a camera. Yeah, that's right. Uh, which, is, which really is amazing. Um, yeah. You know, people will get, uh, buy a drone and take it immediately to the 400-foot, you know, ceiling level. Oh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. And point it straight down and take it. And that's great. Yeah. And I've done that. And I did that for a long time. But what I do a lot now with my drone is I'll put it, I'll take it offshore and put it, you know, three feet above the water. Yeah. Um, because that's a spot where you can't get a helicopter to. And, you know, yeah. if, if you want to get there on a boat, well, you know, it's going to take me three hours to get to that location. Whereas I can stand on the lookout here at Ocean Grove and send my drone straight off, you know, the bluff of Bowen Heads yeah. and get cracking shots, as I say, you know, 10 metres above the water looking back towards my hometown, which is which is awesome. So, Which, which I think is a really interesting and valid point, what you're saying there is that, and it might tie back into how I was being an arsehole a couple of minutes ago, but <laughs> but what, what what I was I think what you you've actually clarified a bit more what I think I was trying to say is that you know people with drones they all went out and bought drones and everyone did the same thing they went 400 meters up shot straight down and they shot straight down because of these things behind me and what we've seen over the last few years with all this aerial photography going on and you know all these amazing patterns that people are putting out people are going well I can't get in a plane but I can do it with a drone but what I think is more interesting with aerial photography is exactly what you said he's putting a camera where a plane and a helicopter and we can't get to and that that might be 10 meters off the ground or it might be a different angle or or whatever so um i think that's a really interesting point to think yeah. about that if you if you're thinking that aerial photography is what you want to do then yeah by all means get in plane shoot straight down shoot on angles whatever you want to do but i think where you could become quite unique in your own work is is taking those shots that are not straight down maybe the ones that are a few meters off the ground because there's a lot of shots around the world that people haven't taken from that angle yeah. uh they're either either on the ground or they're up in a plane so yeah i think yeah. that's i think that's a good point yeah and, and we talk about that as a lot as well is that some areas like the one behind me have been absolutely shot to death but that doesn't yeah. mean that you can't go and get your photo no that's right you know get your moment there because you know like the shot behind me that that cloud formation is never, ever, ever going to happen again. No. That's not, ever. So that's no. a unique photo. That wave patterns, you know. Yeah. And to some extent, that photo behind you, um, you know, that's not going to change a whole lot. No. So, you know, that, that photo is probably a, or very similar photo is going to be taken by someone else as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how cool is the blue in, your, in that photo, though? <coughs> well, I'll tell you a secret. It wasn't that blue. Okay. So um, I actually had this conversation with Tom Putt today. He sent me, he's a funny guy, Tom, and I, I do like him a lot. Um, he, would, he suits into our, our method of humour quite a lot. But he sent me a picture of this aerial shot, which is a, like a, 
like a semi dried up water hole that had a love heart shape and a little like riverlet falling out of it. And I, I wrote back, said, bullshit, that's photoshopped. And it was hundred percent photoshopped because there's nothing like that. And he said, oh, I was thinking of you when I took this shot and I wrote back to him. And this is what got me thinking about it today before we had this episode. I wrote back to him and saying, this aerial stuff's pretty easy, mate. Shoot straight down, fluff around with, with the contrast, fluff it down, rough fluff, fluff around with your color temperature, bit of blue, bit of warm, you know, job done. And he didn't dispute that. Yeah. And, and he's one of the world's best aerial photographers going around. So yeah, you know, that's what I mean. Like I, I was expecting, like this is the first chance I've ever had to do some real sort of abstracty stuff. And I was expecting it to be, oh, okay, where's the shot coming? I could have done a thousand of these shots over Lake yeah. Air. It's incredible. Yeah. And, I, and I highly get, highly recommend anyone go do one of Tom's workshops where, you know, you're in a plane forever or come on one of my workshops where, where we do a flight over there or go and get your own joy flight over a spot and, and do some aerial stuff. It is really lovely. It's a completely different way to look at the world, but just, just don't think it's as hard as it, as it may be being made out to be. And I'm guaranteed I'm going to get messages from people who do aerials and call me an asshole, but that's okay. No, you won't. I'm willing to take one for the team. No, you won't. Everyone has their own opinion on these things. It's, yeah, it's, but mine's right. And, and, and <laughs> have, can you think of another industry that has as many opinions as golf? golf. No, not even a lot of, There's a lot of opinions flying around in golf. At the moment there is, but that's a, not <laughs> for our podcast. We're not a pot golf thing. Uh, cool. Very good chat on Flinders Rangers and taking photos out of planes and stuff. That just, awesome. just to let people know, we're going in September again, sold out. Sorry, but okay. I do have I do have two more, June next year and September next year. Uh, and all you need is $500 to lock your spot in. And then you pay the balance about two months before. But get in quick because I'm getting lots of inquiries about September, which is sold out. So I'm assuming people are going to roll it into next year. Yep. Uh, so get on board. Get amongst it, folks. Mm. Dear Cam, everyone's favourite. <laughs> Did we do a Dear Cam last week? No, you didn't. This, this, this episode's all about Cameron, but that's fine. It it's is. I'm, me I'm, last week, so yeah, well, I'm feeling a bit on the spot here. <laughs> well, that's okay. Uh, Dear Cam, this this one's a curly one, so mm. I don't know whether we're going to have an answer to this or not, but we'll see. Uh, a friend of mine. Sorry, this is from who's this from? No idea who it's from. Hang on. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> how bad? Yeah, it's from someone. <laughs> Yeah, no, someone sent us this uh, through social media. Thank you if it was you. Yeah. Dear Cam, a friend of mine had 13 of her images on exhibition in a pub. When she went to collect them on the weekend, she found that three were broken and smashed, four were extremely yeah. dirty, and six are missing and can't be found or were stolen. Her insurance might pay her claim but won't insure her against again for an exhibition. What insurance companies do you use for exhibitions of your images? Thank you in advance. Love the show. Regards, Kerry. Hello, Kerry. Thank you, Kerry. Uh, we appreciate the question. Um, curly That's a good one. one. Yes. The first question I've got to ask is if you're putting your artwork in such a public space, particularly a pub where mm. shit goes down, um, <laughs> I'm not sure. What you what they were expecting, but um, anyway, well, it all depends. It's, it's called though. Deer Cam. Yeah, it all depends. Though some some pubs have like bistro areas that are a little bit more civilized that don't get trashed. Um, look, yeah, I think never get hammered in a bistro. No, never. <laughs> Especially not the Yarrawonga this weekend. Um, <laughs> Avoid at all costs. People. <laughs> um, look, I think uh, like I've just finished my exhibition up at uh, Cradle Mountain, which is in a gallery space, not a pub space. But 
Um, I would have thought that the venue would have had some sort of insurance on things as well. I know where the gallery that I've done and, and other places, they generally have their own type of insurance cover for damage and, and breaking of, of frames and things like that. Um, first of all, it's disappointing um, that someone would treat someone else's art. I guess in a pub, you know, things do get out of hand a bit, but to go there and find that there was three broken, four dirty and six are missing. Like I, I, I firstly, I'd be sending the pub a bill for the it's six the that missing, are missing ones that do me. Yeah, yeah that's right. I, I'd be, I'd be sending them an invoice and saying, well, sorry, <laughs> uh, they obviously sold and you just forgot to pick up the payment. So, yeah. um, and her insurance might pay the claim out, but they won't insure her again for an exhibition. Well, um, that's a bit interesting as well. I don't know. I've never heard of that before where they won't insure her again. But um, look, for me, I, I use my own personal insurance. I've got my business insurance, uh, which is through QBE, for anyone's interested. Um, that does cover me for most things, broken, damaged, stolen. Um, I'm not 100% sure if it would cover broken frames and things like that, but I'm sure it would because it's product. Um, so maybe she needs to search around and maybe do a bit of shopping for a better insurance company um but yeah usually the venue should have some sort of coverage as well so um i'd be maybe going back to the pub and saying hey you know i'm not sure what the agreement they had was but you know there's six missing and three of them are broken so nine nine out of the 13 are, are kaput um can oh, we come look, to some arrangement where you absolutely i mean aside from the fact that 13 i'm assuming framed photographs yeah and you know, I'm, I'm also assuming they weren't in cheap frames. Like, no, there's a fair bit of outlay involved there with getting there is, you know, and as we both know, like it ain't cheap getting things, no. you know, framed and, and, and uh, ready for gallery display. So, um, yeah, interesting one. Um, I, the only insurance that I um, recommend is public liability insurance. So, if I'm yeah. having a um, so back when I used to do markets, uh, I used to have public liability insurance. You know, you get someone walking past and they trip over part of your display or, yeah. you know, they hang your piece, the piece up on your wall and, and one of the cables breaks or one of the, the string breaks or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I actually don't hang stuff for people anymore. I used to where, you know, but then it just put a wind up me when you look at it and go, hang on a minute, if this thing falls off the wall and kills someone or yeah. you know, really hurts someone, um, yeah. who wears the bill? And it would be me. So I... Mm. I'm happy to deliver stuff to people, but I certainly don't uh, hang it for people. So it is yeah. an interesting one. Um, Look, I, I, I've been to many a pub in my day, as you would be aware, and hmm. I've drunk at a few pubs in hmm. my day. Hmm. And I, I must admit, I, I've borrowed things from pubs before, um, such as stubby holders or beer mats or whatever it might be. Hey, we were I, all 18 once, mate. I've never walked out with a framed image or something. No. Like, that's it, a pretty it, good effort. It's almost would be like a bit of a challenge for some yeah. groups of uh, yes, it would yeah, be people. So sort of, yeah, see yeah, that. But I'm having that. I'm having that. <laughs> that that'll look great in the pool room. Yeah, um, that's right. I, I think it's it, it is an interesting question, and it's probably one that we need a bit more information to be able to get more accuracy about our responses. But yeah. I'd be going back to the venue and saying, look, you know, did we did they have an arrangement beforehand? You know, if something's damaged, did she sign a contract saying, you know, we'll take commission for X, Y, or Z? that contract would have had, you know, damages on you or damages on us or we'll share the cost or whatever. So I'd be looking back through um, any contract they had and I'd be trying to get some reimbursement from the pub, um, you know, depending what pub it is. Like some some establishments may not care, but 
I think going forward, I think her friend might just want to choose the venues a bit more carefully, maybe. Yeah. Um, stay away from pubs, stay away from alcohol, really. Yeah. Um, because once that happens, you know, you're likely to get something broken or damaged. And yeah, it's a, it's a shame because, yeah, uh, it'd be, especially what's even probably more of a kick in the ass is that if she, excuse me, if she didn't sell any at all, yeah, but lost six and broke three, that's um, right. That, that's a real loss. So and four, four were extremely dirty. Yeah. Um, don't know if we answered that or not, but anyway, there you go, Kerry. Good luck with your friend. Hopefully she gets it sorted out. If you have a deer cam question, by all means, uh, hit us up in the comments below. Send it to us any which way you can, and we will attempt to answer it on next week's show. Cam, and what if, have you... And, 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 and if we do answer your question on the show, you get an 8 by 12 Come on, Brendan. And if... Cameron answers your question to your satisfaction. Or even if he doesn't answer, I, I don't think there's a satisfaction policy on it. <laughs> Bad luck. You're getting an eight by twelve print of Cameron's. Yeah. So um, Kerry, uh, hit Cam up, and he's going to send you something nice. I've got a couple to send out now, so he gets um, to choose too. Yeah, I just choose whatever. I might even send one of these ones out. Should because like they're so easy to do these aerials. Just watch our subscription go. I know. Sorry, mate. The show was going good until I opened my mouth. What have you got coming up, Cameron? Absolutely jack shit. Good boy. Sit, sitting at home resting for the next couple of weeks. Nice. Um, well, I've got nothing much on. I've got to go to the gallery at Richmond. Speaking of gallery, I've got to take out those canvases that you did for me. So I might do that tomorrow. Um, um, check out Cam's Instagram when he puts those canvases up. They uh, they came up really well. I'm assuming you're going to put them up on Insta or somewhere. I assume, I assume I will now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah no, they, they, they did come up really well. Um, thank you. They, I, I like them both, but I think... I, Think the cradle mount one was my favorite that's interesting because that gum tree one mm -hmm. is probably one of my best selling prints isn't that funny so but closely followed by this the cradle mount one but remember um, we don't we don't sell prints to photographers no we don't uh so i got <laughs> that on and then a uh, bit of family time actually so good looking forward to that um my little boy jamison and i are going to camp out in the backyard on the weekend because he wants to go camping good. um he wants a boy's weekend away and I'm not doing anything now until next month where I've got a few, a few of the Olympus days. And then we sort of kick off again late July, early August off the Cradle Mountain for a winter one. And then we're back up to the Flinders in September. So nice couple of weeks of just catching up on things. Will, and you, will you come to Ocean Grove every time you go to the Flinders Ranges? I reckon I will. What do you reckon? <laughs> we almost did. We almost came back that way. We were almost yeah. going to come back along the Great Ocean Road and pop up and say day. But we might next time. Yes. Um, but I reckon next time I come to Ocean Grove, I won't be coming to the same shop. Is that correct? So that is right. As I um, gave a sneak preview to last week. Did I mention it last week? Probably. I think you did. I gotta, yeah. Um, so I'm relocating our Ocean Grove store after nine years in the same location. It is time to move uh, for various reasons. But uh, the main one being, it'll give me a bit of a shake up. Um, yeah. I've got a bit of a blank canvas at the new shop that I can throw my stuff into and... Uh, it's definitely a better location, isn't it, Cam? Yeah, I think um, I think it's exciting to have a fresh location. I think you're going to get a lot more foot traffic past there There's as well. No question, there will be and a lot more foot traffic. So, speaking I'm... of the overland track and getting fit for it, you are now two doors up from Baker's Delight, and two doors the other way from the bottle shop, and right next door to F45 Fitness. <laughs> They're upstairs, <laughs> are they? So you got no excuse, really. <laughs> You'll either be drunk, fat, or fit. I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen there. 
but um, um, yeah. looking forward to getting my teeth into the move. So we get the keys mm. tomorrow, but it'll be about three weeks before uh, yeah. the shop will be ready to go. Yeah, it looks, so, looks good though. Like I said, big, nice big walls to fill up and yeah, it's, a, it's a bigger footprint than the old Slightly shop. Slightly bigger, more yeah. storage space, um, bigger. I'm, I'm going to set it up. So I've got one dedicated wall for a gallery, basically. Yeah. Um, so that'll be cool. Uh, yeah, it's good. Are you the, great, the great thing is it's basically everything that I've already got gets transplanted to the new shop. So there's yeah. not a lot of, you know, new stuff to buy or yeah. money to outlay. It's uh, it's all just coming with me. So. Will the big printers go out the back room or are you going to keep them out the front? That's a very good question. And we I reckon, I reckon out the back would be good, wouldn't it? Once I set it up, the whole shop, I will do a podcast from the new Ooh, space. grand opening podcast. Why not? Grand moving podcast. <laughs> grand moving news, yeah. Don't hey, forget you know, about the, sorry, you go. I, I was going to say, I, I know at the top of the show, I said, don't worry about it, but I can't help myself. I know. I because know. I know I can already feel the pressure breathing on the back of my neck that we haven't mentioned Chelsea. Hello, G'day, Chelsea. Chelsea. Again, um, at Chelmay Bell for those who want to check her workout. But I just know if we don't, I, I said to Brenda, I said, it's getting old and we've got to stop it. But I can already feel the text messages coming yep. through that. I Maybe she wants today. to win a camera. She might. She's an Olympus Nikon, user, so I doubt it. Nikon D5100. Oh, she can sell it on eBay. Don't you dare. You know what was um, good about the workshop I just did at Flinders Ranges? Yes. There was lots we, of Nikons. There was only... There was two Nikons, the Canon, Olympus, and maybe another Canon. It was a good mix. Yeah. You know what I haven't had on my workshop for a long, long time, though? A Sony user. Sony. I was just yeah. about to say, a but, Sony but this—they're they're probably the market leader, and I just don't have many on there. I don't know why that is. Maybe their cameras are so awesome they don't have to do workshops. Or maybe I hang shit on them so much they're like, I'm not going with that guy. Yeah, I'm not going with him. He hates Sony. Hates, oh, I'm getting a bit of Canon back, Canon backlash as well, so I'm going to start treating Canon a bit nicer. So. <laughs> All right, that's been episode. What we were we up to? That's been episode forty-four. Johnny um, Platten. Johnny Platten. We will. S- no one listens this far. No one listens this far. I know really? they don't. The stats show that no one really? we can say whatever we wanted to I'm, right now. I'm going to give away ten thousand dollars <laughs> to anyone. Careful, careful. To, any, <laughs> to, to anyone that can tell me how many shots. How many fingers I t- am I holding up? <laughs> if anyone can tell me to the actual number, how many shots I took in my Flinders Ranges shot, uh, workshop, I'll give you ten thousand dollars cash. How many guesses are they allowed to have? None. <laughs> Perfect. One, Remember, one guess. folks, there's always fine print. Yes, there is. Uh, all right, great. We will see you for episode 45 of the Down South Photo Show next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye for now. Bye. Bye. Bye.